0: If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark 5. Last week we were in Mark 4 and we walked through a different uh, teachings, these parables that Jesus had. And the big point here, the more you lean into Him, the more He's going to give you. And um, specifically in regards to leaning into his teaching, he's going to give you even more and more understanding as you lean in to him. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the miracles that took place as Jesus has some encounters here in Mark chapter 5. There's three different circumstances that come to Jesus, and uh, I think there's just an incredible power and depth in each and every one of them, and we're going to do our best to walk through these and look at some common ground uh, that each of these situations might have. And so we're going to get right into this, but before we do, this is the Word of God. He speaks to us through His Word, so let's ask the Lord to bless this time together as we get into the Word together. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time to gather around your word, and we, we pray for a blessing upon this time that you'd prepare our hearts to receive from you. Holy Spirit, please have your way. Please stir in our hearts and lives, Father, in a way that would cause us to respond, not just to listen to the word, but respond. And Lord, we pray over the children's ministry today. We thank you for all the grandparents who are stepping in and being a blessing and and serving those kids. And we just pray for a special anointing upon them as they share the word with those kids. And Lord, may all of our hearts be that good soil ready to receive the word of God. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Mark 5, starting in verse 1. Here we go. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. And whenever he was put into chains and shackles as often as he was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles." No one was strong enough to subdue him, and day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. And with a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the Spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. And then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. And some farmer was just thrilled. (laughs) The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran And people rushed out to see what happened. And a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, and he was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. Other translations say, in his right mind. And they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone, And as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, No, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he had told them. Now Jesus got back into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then the leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Well, Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. And Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you, how can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. And is that where the story ends? Well, Jesus overheard them and he said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much of the commotion and the weeping and the wailing. And he went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. And holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Kum, which means little girl. Get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. And Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. There's some pretty amazing things happening in people's lives here in this particular chapter. And I want to walk through each of these scenarios here. And I think by starting into that, we need to look at each of their circumstances. And so I want to walk through that here to kind of set the tone. But one of the first circumstances we have here is this man who is completely terrorized by demonic activity. He's being demonized. And he's isolated. And he's being held captive and he's hanging out in graveyards. And he's causing self-harm. Jesus is very clear that the enemy, the thief, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And as so this man is walking through a very uh, difficult time. And these demons are absolutely oppressing this man's life. The other circumstance would be this lady who came to Jesus with her bleeding disorder. And she had been to doctor after doctor spending all kinds of money and yet not getting the answers of healing that she desired. Just being straightforward with you, her illness was likely a menstrual or uterine disorder and that made her unclean. And she was also socially isolated. What's interesting is she would actually have to address people in public and tell them, I'm unclean. It wasn't just an illness for her. This was turning her into a social outcast. Can you imagine living your life in such a way where you have to announce that everywhere you go? She's broken, she's unclean, and she's at the end of her rope. Then you see a man here who serves in the local synagogue, and day after day he's serving the Lord and he's serving people. And yet in the midst of that, he's grieving the sting of potential death in his family. A 12-year-old daughter who's on the brink of losing her life. He knows there's an urgency here. And he's in need of a personal miracle. What's interesting is anybody plagued by demons would be considered unclean. Anybody that's walking through this bleeding disorder would be considered unclean. And if you touch a dead body, you'd be considered unclean. But Jesus enters into each of those circumstances. None of these circumstances are too far for the Lord's touch. What I love in this passage is you see the pursuit that each of these individuals had toward one that they feel could change their circumstance. Verse 6, the Bible says, While Jesus was still some distance away, The man that's completely plagued by demons saw him and he ran to Jesus. Even though he was demonized, he still had the capacity to run to the one who could set him free. And he then bows down low before the Lord. If you look at Jairus' In his situation, he's in this crowd of people. And the Bible says in verse 22, when he saw Jesus, what's he do? He falls down at Jesus' feet, pleading fervently with the Lord to intervene for his circumstance. And then how do you see this woman with the bleeding disorder, how does she pursue the Lord she she pushes her way through the crowd and I want you to think about this as she touches Jesus that would have made him technically unclean, right? Cuz she was unclean. But think of all the different people she was touching along the way to get to him. But she was going to get to Jesus no matter what. There's a pursuit there's some application in this for us today. If we want God to move upon our circumstances, then let's go after these things in prayer. Let's seek the Lord. Let's go to Him with a sense of this pleading and, and getting through the obstacles, if you will, to get to the bottom of the situation. Their pursuit of Jesus. And then you have this healing that takes place. And I want to start with the woman who had the bleeding disorder. Because there's a significance about the Greek word here used that says she was healed. That word healed in the Greek is sozo. S-O-Z-O. Sozo. Which means to be saved. Saved. can also be translated healing, but in her situation, when she encountered the living Savior, there's a peace that enters into her life that comes through salvation. Jesus told her, your faith has made you well, now go in peace. Not only does she receive a physical healing, but she receives a spiritual one as well. There is a man who's changed her life. With the man who had the demons plaguing his life, he comes into his right mind. And in the New Living Translation it says he was perfectly sane. I can't even say that. But he was touched by the Lord. And the root word for that, there's a part of that that comes from the Greek word sozo. The Lord saves and heals this man as well. And he is completely set free, and then to be in a room with five or six people and watch a dead girl come back to life. Can you imagine that? Feeling like this individual was taken way before their time, but yet there was somebody in the room that saying, It is before her time. Talitha kum. Little girl, get up. Do you think her parents ever forgot about that moment? That's incredible. I love the response of people as they're encountering their healing Savior this demon possessed man wanted to go with Jesus and Jesus is like no and it's not cuz Jesus didn't have a use for this man he gave him instructions i want you to go home and i want you to tell everybody about what happened today and the man's like well you know i mean i know i was demon possessed and all that stuff and but i mean he's like he listened He went back home and he started telling people. And if you go a little bit further to the end of Mark chapter 7 and the beginning of Mark 8, when they bring their boat back and Jesus is back in that area, there's a whole crowd of people that are ready to meet this man. Do you think the demon-possessed man had anything to do with that crowd showing up? He responded... And healed people. Do what the healer says to do. The response of the lady with the disorder, she's trembling. I mean, to think 12 years of this issue in her life, and she knows that she's been touched. And she's a little bit maybe scared, like, am I in trouble? But at that point, is she like, I don't care. I've finally gotten healed. And the Lord has grace for her when she meets Him. And then this girl being raised from the dead, this room, is completely overwhelmed and totally amazed. The responses to these things. This is encouraging, isn't it? Now, here's the thing. The enemy, Satan, and his army, fallen angels, these demons, they don't want you to be encouraged by this. And even at that time, they were trying to speak doubt into circumstances. Jairus had some friends, and they told Jairus, Hey, stop troubling the teacher. There's nothing he can do now. That is the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy says you'll never be set free. The voice of the enemy says, I'm going to keep you stuck in this sin that you keep going back to and back to and back to. There's no point in trying, because I'm going to keep you here. The voice of the enemy says, you're alone. No one cares about you. The voice of the enemy says, you'll never get healed. You'll never get what you're asking the Lord for. It won't happen. There's no use troubling Jesus. The enemy might even say, maybe it's time to give up. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. And the enemy is called the deceiver. And it gets you distracted from the truth of who God is and what He can do in your life and your circumstances. That's how He gets a foothold. If I can just overwhelm them with fear, and then you get Jesus' response right there in verse 36: Don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe. I want to make it clear that this does not suggest that healing or any other work of God for that matter is something that is earned by human effort. That's a grace that God gives. But it does teach us to be bold in the things that we believe and to not be discouraged by circumstances or by the things that people might say. You know, Jesus... Healed in the Scriptures where there was no mention of their faith being attached to that healing. He just did it. And sometimes doing it without their expectation of being healed. But we go to the healer. And we can go to him in faith. And I love in the midst of this, you want to know how God is so intricately involved in people's lives? And how big he really is. He was going across the water and lands at the shore where this man plagued by demons is. Right before that, there's this storm that swells up on the water. Who's in control of that? You know, that might disrupt the timing a little bit and maybe where they land or what have you, but then when they roll up on the shore, it's the perfect place where Jesus is going to save this man from the demonic possession. God is orchestrating those details. So you have that and then you get back in the boat. You go back to the other side and you're met by this man who his daughter is dying. Well, I suppose we better go and do something about that. And so as they're making their way, which probably wasn't a quick journey because there's so many people gathered around this teacher and as they're walking through the crowd, all of a sudden, where'd this lady come from? And then Jesus goes, who touched me? Do you think he really didn't know the answer to that? Listen, he knew what street he was going to walk down when that woman was going to reach out for healing that day. He knew who that woman was. He knew her situation and the 12 years of struggle that she has been through, and the isolation and the the social outcast that she had become. He knows all of that stuff. It's not like when he encountered her, it was by chance, and he goes, tell me a little bit about yourself. He knew this woman, and God knows you. You. He knows everything about you, the things that you're walking through, the struggles that you have in your life. He knows every single one of them. And he's in total control. And after this encounter with the woman with the disorder, here comes some guy to give the news, Hey, your daughter is dead. Was Jesus like, if I'd have just been quicker, I could have prevented that. He's in total control. And he's like, Jairus, let's go to your home. What's Jairus thinking? Well, I guess we'll give this a shot. Are you going to go grieve with me? You know, back then when they would have funerals, they would hire people to be mourners that will be a part of the mourning process. And they're weeping and they're wailing and they might not have any connection to this girl. And you can see their their disregard for the relationship when Jesus says, she's not dead, she's sleeping. They go, (laughs) that's funny right there. It's like you were paid to cry. Quit laughing. But Jesus cares about their situation. And he walks into the room and he changes their circumstance. He's a dead raiser. Now I know in, in situations, look, the scriptures say that it's destined for all men to die once and then after that face judgment. There are some situations where people can be prayed over and they're revived and they have a little bit more time here on this earth. But the ultimate resurrection of the dead comes through the victory of Jesus Christ and His resurrection from the dead. I don't know about you, but I cling to a verse that says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe that these encounters that people had in Mark 5 are encounters that you and I can have this very day. There are some out there who might say that healing was for a season when Jesus walked around and then He gave that power to His apostles and then when the Word of God was completed, that power is no longer present, but Jesus heals only through bringing you to heaven. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know that Jesus is a healer. And I have seen it. I've heard about it. And I want to encourage you with some testimony in that regard. Several years ago, we had a friend of mine down here from uh, Minnesota. And he shared with you guys about his struggle with pornography. And this was a stronghold in his life. And if you don't think there's demonic activity attached to viewing those kinds of things, well, you got another thing coming. And he was hiding this from his wife, and he lived in this sin, and the demonic stronghold in his life was very present. And one night he woke up, and he was in incredible pain, and he looks down at his body, and he's got what he saw was little demonic Things, I don't even know what you call them, but they were biting him. And he's writhing in pain, and he's like, Honey, get up. I need help. And she woke up and she testified to you guys. She shared this testimony to you as well. She looked at her husband, and his face was not his face, it was a demonic, distorted looking creature. And she began to pray over her husband as he confessed his sin of viewing pornography. And the pain that he was experiencing left him. And his countenance, his face, came back to the husband that she knew. But Jesus entered into their bedroom and redeemed that man. Jesus still has power over demons today. And their fate is sealed, by the way. And I don't think they're very happy about that. I recall going into a local gas station. I know I've shared this with you before, but the, the attendant had lost their voice. And I had a bit of a relationship with this individual, and I, I said, something's up. They said, well, I lost my voice had some sickness, and it just will not come back. And so right there in the gas station, I said, well, hey, can I just pray with you and ask for the Lord to touch that? And so we did. And right after I prayed, it wasn't like she was shouting out to all the people in the gas station. It was just a very simple thank you. But a few days later, I walk into that same gas station, and she goes, it's back. She knew who had touched her voice. I've heard accounts of people praying over the blind, and a person who can't see a thing receives sight. I've heard of that testimony firsthand. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still heals. Was it just chance that after they got done praying, well, I guess I've been blind my whole life, now I can see. What a coincidence. No, Jesus is the healer. And we can still ask for him to touch our circumstances. I've been in situations where people's hearts have stopped. And EMTs are coming in to do their job. And we we pray over these people. And sometimes they come back. And sometimes they don't. But Jesus is Lord over those circumstances. I recently had a visit with a couple who desperately wanted to have kids. And they were praying over this. But they knew there was a problem. She did not have a menstrual cycle. So how is that supposed to happen? And one day when she was in her home, she heard a voice that she believes is the voice of the Lord that gave her a name for what they're to name that child they were going to have. And they would go to doctors, and doctors would say, this isn't looking good. There's a variety of things you can do here to basically just move on with life. But they continued to believe that God had something for them, and they've got a precious little daughter. There are people in this congregation who have some powerful testimonies of healing. Whether it be from cancer or very traumatic circumstances or situation. But I also know there's people here in this congregation that God healed your loved one through heaven. That may not be the one that we always want. but God is sovereign. He's in control and He knows what He's doing. Folks, healing is absolutely guaranteed in Jesus Christ. If it's here on this side of heaven, it's a temporary healing. But if it's on that side of heaven, it's permanent. But it's guaranteed through Jesus, and with Jesus, death never has the last word. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A question that I have for all of us today in our response is What is your circumstance? What is your Circumstance. What is it that you are walking through? Do you need God to intervene? Do you need God to touch that need in your life? I want to be very clear about something. Sometimes the church can get really excited about physical healing, um, people being set free from demonic oppression in their life. But one of the things we should absolutely 100% celebrate, but it seems like maybe we let these other things get ahead of that, is when somebody gets healed in their heart. And they go from somebody who's living in spiritual darkness, and they encounter Jesus, their healer, and they have new life in Jesus. They're no longer destined for hell, but now they're destined for heaven. That is the greatest act of healing that could happen in your life. Have you been healed? Has God touched your spirit? That's the most important thing that can be taken care of in your life. But I also believe that Jesus cares about the circumstances we walk through. And he wants to guide us through that. He wants to provide for us in that. He wants to minister to us through that. And so we go to him in faith and say, Lord, I need your help. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. And as they're coming up, I want to invite the prayer team to please um, go to each side here of the sanctuary. But we're going to have a time here of worship and prayer together. And I just encourage you to be open to the Spirit's guiding and leading. And Holy Spirit, what is it that you're saying to me today? Are you wanting to to redeem my life spiritually? Or maybe there's something you're walking through and you're saying, God, I need your help. I need your help. And I just wanted to... Do something today that would help us to remember some of the testimony from Mark chapter 5 today. But if you'd like something to remember this message, and saying, I'm just going to pursue Jesus in the midst of my circumstance, then I encourage you during this time of prayer and worship together, you're simply welcome to come forward and just grab this piece of cloth. just as a way to remember maybe how the Lord is speaking to you today and to go back to that. Maybe something fold it up and stick it in your Bible and reminding you to continue to pray over that situation and trusting that God is up to something in my circumstance. Would you pray with me before we begin this time together? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the mighty power of Jesus Christ who changes lives, who changes circumstances. And we come to Him, we pursue Him, knowing He is the one who holds all the answers. Lord, if there's someone listening today and you think about your own spiritual journey and you ask the question, Where am I at with Christ? If there's something inside of you today that's causing you to consider the ways of your life and to think through and process, am I in a right relationship with God? If you're questioning that right now, I want to encourage you to come to the healer of your soul simply pray with me in your heart and reaching out to Christ and say, Jesus, I need to be healed. Please forgive me of my sin. Please bring salvation into my life. I believe that You are the Son of God and that You died for me. And I put my faith and trust in You. For the forgiveness of my sin. Please be my Lord and Savior. And help me to walk this journey. Living for you. Father, as we consider our circumstances. As we reflect on the the message today. The scriptures today pray that you would lead us in response and Lord that in this place you would cause faith to rise and I pray Lord if there's need for healing if there's need for breakthrough if there's need for hope encouragement and victory I pray that you would be doing the supernatural things in people's lives as we reach out to you in faith in Jesus name amen